Hello and welcome back to the FEZ Show. It is the 12th of May 2020 and it is the Ginger Group once again as joining me on today's podcast, well, FEZ Chat Show, is the one, the only, Jack Pickering. Morning, mate. Morning. Very happy that you're back at the helm after yesterday's abysmal stint for me. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be good. No, I think you did an amazing job, actually. Like, you know, I was... And how good was Remco? How good was Remco and having him on the show? You know, he did so well on Saturday, spoke really well, really gave some great insight. So if you haven't seen yesterday's FEZ show with Remco Mature about the sim race in Monaco on last Saturday now, um, please do, because there's some amazing insights and you get to watch Jack's wonderful hosting skills. So, you know, you got the best of both worlds there. No, no, it's tough, but at the same time, I suppose once you do more, you will get used to it. But anyway, we have some interesting topics to talk about today, but we have to start, strangely enough, with Formula One. Not Formula E, Formula One. Because Sebastian Vettel is not signing with Ferrari. And a lot of people, Jack, a lot of people have been speculating that he might join Formula E. Now, what are your views on that? No. I just don't see it. I just don't see it at all. Because uh, the, the 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 amount that he said in the the amount that he said in the he's moaned about the V sixes. I remember when he went out in um, he retired from the race in Sochi last year. He said um, he said something like I want the V twelves back or something like that. So I mean that that doesn't really fit in line with uh, with Formula E. So I don't see it. Um, yeah, I just. I just can't see him. I can't see him moving to. Uh, I can't see him staying in Formula One either. I think that. Uh, I think that he will, based on what he said in his announcement from Ferrari, Sebastian Vettel will retire from Formula One and possibly from racing at the end of 2020. See, that's interesting. Like for me, I don't believe. First and foremost, I do not believe that Sebastian Vettel will be driving in Formula E. I know a lot of people said, "Look, there's two Audi contracts up for grabs." You know, Lucas Degrassi seat, Daniel Lap seat. I reckon uh, Audi will be mad not to re-sign Lucas Degrassi because even though you know he is getting older, he he's still doing the business. Whereas Daniel Lap, you know. As again, it's just a rolling one-year contract. Obviously, you know, he said in an interview with E4MOD that obviously he'd love to stay. Um, but, you know, there's there's things that, you know, could happen that always take things out of his hands. And Sebastian Vettel saying that I'm not racing for Ferrari anymore. And if he does come out to say that he's made that decision not to race in Formula 1, then people have said, you know, there's an Audi seat, German driver, German team. It makes sense. But will it happen? Jack, I... I I don't think so. No, no, I don't. I, I, I really doubt that it's going to happen. Um, yeah, no. I, I, based on what what you said, I, I haven't got the quote in front of me. I did have it in front of me a few minutes ago, but he said that basically because of the whole situation, we we all need to reevaluate our priorities, and so that just sounds like he's going to spend more time with his family and not at a Formula One circuit a la Nico Rosberg. He'll probably make a few appearances, but yeah, no, I don't well, see it happening. The thing is, right, I, I, I feel like we put a right downer on this straight away. We're like, we're like, no, not happening. Honestly, if Sebastian Vettel signed for Audi or signed for any Formula E team next season, I think me and you will be buzzing. We'll be like, oh my God, we've got Sebastian Vettel. Like, 
we're not expecting it. Obviously, what he said before about Formula E and, and obviously the engines, you know, here's more on the I want beefy, loud stuff. I want things to be, you know, as loud and as old school as possible. Because, you know, he's probably in, you know, at the age of 32, even though he's not old, but, he, you know, he's probably like me and you, he still remembers the V8. So, like, the V10s for us were sort of being phased out um, while we were being, while we were younger. But at the same time, like, for him, he's grown up seeing those big engines, then seeing the V8s go, you know what they're all right because they're still blisteringly loud and then going to the v6s which you know in terms of sound is a completely different kettle of fish and then obviously then you're going to virtually a sound of a double decker bus when um you go to formula e so that's a big come down from someone who wants loud engines to then drive something that's quite silent well yeah in yeah in in regards to if sebastian vettel does actually end up in formula e yes i am throwing a party and yes you are invited um so um so yeah uh, but in, but in terms of in, in terms of like the whole v8 v10 v12 era yeah he would have he would have grown up watching the v12 and v10 i mean like he was the man of the v8 era he won the last four championships on the v8 era for red bull and so yeah i think and who knows he probably would have won more had we not um switched to v6s but yeah, I still uh, for for me the V8s were the most unpredictable era because you just never knew who was going to win. Even in the years where like Button dominated, and even the years where Vettel dominated, uh, you just didn't know what was going to happen next. And so yeah, and I think Vettel does yeah, and so yeah, I stand by the fact that Vettel wants to return to these to these old school um uh, to the, to these old school engines and just relive um probably the best years of Formula 1 those eight years we had V8 engines I suppose what we'd said in terms of him watching he definitely wasn't watching the V8 era because it started in 2006 so he had one year where he watched it um, in 2006 because obviously in 2007 that's where he made his debut um, in Indianapolis so he's pretty much drove the whole V8 um, he was actually the BMW test driver in 2006 and he drove in Turkey and he drove out the pit lane and got a uh, first time driving an F1 car. He drove out the pit lane, sped in the pit lane, and so is now the record holder for uh, least amount of time in, in a career before uh, getting a penalty at six seconds. So, what a legend! What a legend! Like that is something that we want him. <laughs> we we I mean... want that kind of record in formula e exactly but the thing is look we'd love him in formula e we really would like i know then people will continue the argument that formula e is just a f1 retired driver driver home um but at the same time you know you could argue that for a lot of series formula one is still the pinnacle of motorsport in in whatever case or form you know so therefore you, you could say that about WEC they're either the F1 drivers who never made it or the F1 drivers who go to retire you could say that about WEC and you could probably say that about many other different series to be honest with you so you know I get the argument for that but at the same time I think we can refute that and it and with the championship growing as it is I think last thing to say is sort of on Vettel joining you know it'd be great and I suppose that would a driver of his caliber coming in, you know, a four-time Formula One world champion coming in to drive in Formula E, if he wants to do that, would bring Formula E into probably the next level of interest. Hundred hundred percent, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think Sebastian coming into Formula E would drive everything up in Germany. Um, maybe he would want to drive for one of the four um, German manufacturers, but yeah. Um, 
I, I, su- just, I just still don't see it. I suppose our friends at E4MLD are loving this right now because obviously the German, you know, crowd will be... Get Toby on the line right now. Toby on the line, like, yeah, he's probably fueling the story of... Well, he did. He was the one who fueled the, um, on Twitter, the Audi story about, well, both of their contracts are for sale, so you never know. Um, But obviously, like, as you said, like, in Germany, it'd be huge if if Vettel came. And obviously for E4MLD, that's like, you know, winning the lottery. So um, having someone, because that will really engage. And obviously E4MLD, a German Formula E website, who are extremely good at what they do. Um, And I'm supposed, you know, their their following will go through the roof, as uh, probably deserved. But, you know, we are a Formula E show, but we're not going to talk about Formula E for the next couple of minutes. So if you want to skip, you can skip. But I'm pretty sure you don't want to skip. Because where on earth, or who is going to replace Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari and where is he going to go? Let's say he doesn't retire and he decides not to go to Formula E and he decides to stay in Formula 1. Where is he going to go? Well, these the, these are the options because he's, he's obviously not going to go to one of the midfield teams. He's not going to go to any of the teams like Alpha. He's not going to go to um, Williams. He's not going to go to... Racing point. He's not going to go. Yada yada yada. yada. It's going to be. Um, it's it, it. It would be one of the top teams. Uh, Red Bull have already said no. We 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 don't want him. We're 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 very happy with our lineup. And the thing is, when 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 drivers will leave, they've got Yuri Vips and Liam Lawson to come up in there. Um, so that as well, obviously he's not. He's leaving Scuderia Ferrari. So it's Mercedes. McLaren or Renault are the only three viable options. I can't see him going to Mercedes, especially because Lewis is there. Um, and uh, honestly, Lewis isn't one of my picks to go to um, for Ferrari. I'll tell you what my picks are in a couple minutes. Um, so it's between McLaren and Renault. And I've, I've been told by a mate that apparently um, Renault... Uh, have off uh, uh, apparently going to offer Sebastian something because apparently Ricardo's heart heart isn't in the Renault project anymore. So they might do, they might do a switcheroo, but I'm not sure. Um, and then the other one is McLaren doing a switcheroo with signs, but they they aren't my two two options because I'm certain that Sebastian will leave Formula One at the end of this year. See, for me, let's say he doesn't leave. I don't think he has many options. He could, you know, you made an interesting point before the show of him switching with Bottas and him partnering, which I think everyone would love to see Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel in the same Mercedes car. And, you know, that would be an unreal battle. Um, You know, like even just the thought of it is just like, whoa. Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton in the same car, like it's what we've been dreaming of for years. Um, so you know that could that could happen. I can't see him going to a McLaren. I can't see him going to a Red Bull or Renault. But in terms of who's going to take that seat, man, if I'm Daniel Ricciardo, I'm on that phone now. I'm like, this is it. Like, I went to Renault because I needed to get out of Red Bull. You didn't want to take me then for X or Y reason. You know, you went with Charles Leclerc. To be honest with you, Ferrari, going with Charles Leclerc, they probably made the right decision at the time because they probably knew Sebastian Vettel was going to go in a couple of years' time, so he might as well get a young, you know, stallion in a sense, um, who's going to race and going to be at Ferrari for a long time. So they've got their long-term future. Daniel Ricciardo now being, you know, getting 30 now. So 
you know, he's at that time where he can spend a couple of seasons at Ferrari. And yeah, he went to Renault. He thought, let's see what they can do. Can they get him a race-winning car? Doesn't look like it. And obviously now with the new generation of car, which he was waiting for, he was going to wait till the 2021 season and see what they could do with the new car. Could they actually catch up? But now that's been delayed to 2022, for me, this is now Ricardo going, I can't wait till 2022. Ferrari's just come about. So I could race him for, for Ferrari in 2021 and be at Ferrari for the new rule change and Ferrari should be quick. So for me, it makes sense. If I'm Daniel Ricciardo and I think Ferrari as an image, having Daniel Ricciardo in the car, you know, I think it will see a new side of Ferrari. You know, we might get more of an in-depth analysis into Ferrari because Daniel Ricciardo is such a markable driver. You know, there's going to be a lot of press around him. There's going to be so many things around Daniel Ricciardo. So many people are interested in him. He's such a large character that we might see a different side of Ferrari rather than this, you know, veto Ferrari, this Ferrari that just wants everything, that breaks the rules but gets, you know, has the FIA assistance with it. We might see a different side of it, which I think could be, you know, really good for Formula 1 in itself. Well, yeah, the the three big the three big rumors are Daniel Ricciardo, Antonio Giovinazzi, and uh, Carlos Sainz. Those are the three big rumors that that, that are going to happen. Um, I'm not going to say any of them. I'm uh, I'm I'm going to say two completely different names. Jack alluded to one just then. Just Ferrari sign a blank check and write the name Valtteri Bottas on it. He chooses the numbers. You can uh, and and just try and persuade him away from Ferrari. He's been a capable. He's been a brilliant number two to Lewis Hamilton, and so why not try and make him a number two to Charles Leclerc? My other uh, and uh, I'm just basing this on the whole like num number two factor because I I I'm, I know that Valtteri isn't Valtteri isn't the number two. He's capable of winning these races, and so. Uh, and so yeah, he will be there on uh, on the day. Like, well, no, Kimi wasn't really there to start with. He only really won that race in Kota a couple of years ago. But yeah, get get uh, either get Valtteri in the car or buy Sergio Perez out of that seat at Racing Point. Now, obviously, he's locked in there till 2022. But the thing is, he was tipped to go there in 2013, replacing Felipe Massa, and so. Yeah, he's he he has a Ferrari connection from a while ago, but also I think he'd make a cap capable number two to Charles Leclerc. Those are my two options, and I think they might be good because then because if if Perez or Bottas retires in about five years' time, you can promote a Mick Schumacher, a Robert Schwartzman, uh, a Marcus Armstrong into into that seat when they are ready to when when they're ready to go in. In terms of Giovinazzi, I. I love the I love the guy. I don't think we will see him in a Ferrari car, though. For me, I, no, I agree with you. I don't think we'll see Giovinazzi unless something amazing happens, right? You know, Sebastian Vettel does a Kimi Raikkonen and says, you know what, I want to go back to my roots. And he goes back to Alfa Romeo because it's effectively Sauber, where Kimi Raikkonen also started his season. And then all of a sudden you've got Alfa Romeo, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen again. Um trying to build up Alfa Romeo, which um, would be hilarious. But then poor Antonio Giovinazzi, I don't think he'd get the Ferrari seat and he'd get shafted, basically. And I don't think Antonio Giovinazzi deserves to get shafted. Um, he's probably one of those Formula 1 drivers that, sadly, if was to be shafted from the grid, 
Um, he probably wouldn't miss, sadly, but um, what the majority of people would miss. But I think it'd be harsh on him. He's not done a bad job, and he's improved dramatically um, over the course of last season. So it would have been interesting if we did start this season to see where he was going to go. So, Sebastian Vettel, Formula E, yay or nay? You tell us in the comments. Like, I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot of yays to that. But, you know... No, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening at all. I'm telling you now. Um, but if you're like Jack and you think, no, it's not going to happen, then, then tell us. Let us know. We'd be very interested. But moving on, sort of keeping Formula 1. Formula 1 has managed to take over um, this show today. Well done, Formula 1. Um, because John Eric Vaughan came out with something really interesting and something that caught my eye. And I was like, what on earth are you saying, John Eric Vaughan? He wants... Formula One and Formula E to combine in the future. Now, I'll give you one reason before. Um, he's like, he talked about the manufacturers. Obviously, Formula E have so many manufacturers. And, you know, Formula One is the pinnacle. But you can't really be the pinnacle if you don't have tons and tons of manufacturers in in the sport, like sort of moving road cars on. So, therefore, you know, making Formula One electric and combining with Formula E would be the right way to go. But, you know, what is your opinions on that? Well, I do think that Formula One and Formula E will combine one day. But that's not going to be for about 40 years, I don't think. Um, I think Formula One will be um, Formula One will be the last uh, petrol powered running in, in the entire in the entire world. They will be the thing that will use up the last of the fuel. There were uh, ev everything else will be electric by 2040. I can see IndyCar going electric by then. I can see uh, I can see all these other series going electric. Formula One will stay to its roots, and maybe when the fuel finally does run out, in about in in about 40 years, in about 30 30 40 years time, that's when they'll merge, but not before then. For me, I can't see for I can't see it. Even in 34 years' time, I think they need to just be completely separate from each other. I don't understand merge. Like, I think Formula E just need to stay, do your own thing, let Formula 1 do its own thing. You're two completely different championships. And I just don't think it would work. Like, And plus, then you're, you're, you're reducing now also the amount of racing that we got. I understand his premise. I understand his premise of, you know, Formula E will probably be on equal terms, maybe in the future, with... A petrol-powered car, and it might be just as fast as a Formula One car. That could happen, and then maybe at that point you go right. We might as well merge because, you know, we're they're just as quick as us now. But at the same time, I I feel like you know, Formula One can go down a different route. Like I know, you know, fossil fuels in terms of fuel and petrol. You know, they're not going to make cars like that. But what they might do is very BMW i8 sort of thing. Where you've got that petrol tank, but the petrol tank's small, is not is like it's not the main ethos of the car. Like it's just a really small petrol tank that would contain a little bit of fuel, but it mainly runs on electric. But you can get that extra mileage, yeah, because you've got the fuel. So basically, what you could run on. So then you're still not burning as much fuel, but you know you're you're still using petrol, and you can still have some loudness maybe in the car because there would be some form of internal combustion engine. Um, in the car, but it obviously won't need to be as large as it currently is. And maybe you could run a race where they've got to use a mixture of, you know, imagine a rule where you've got a mixture of electric power uh, and fuel power, but you can't you can't finish on an empty fuel tank and you can't finish on an empty 
you know you must have like at least one percent of battery left and so you have to manage your 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 fuel efficiency and your battery efficiency during a formula one race of an hour and a half or two hours so you never know i'm just talking rubbish really but um but that's what i see formula one going down in the future like they're still going to cling on to the petrol power, but they're going to move on and they're going to try and find new ways to use electric power and petrol power in a sort of hybrid and sort of come up with rules that make the cars much more efficient, using less fuel, much less fuel than they would be using now, for example. And, you know, creating a race that way, whereas Formula E stays as that one only true FIA, like, fully electric championship, well, the fully electric single-seater, because I do believe you are right that um, other championships will go down that route. Well, yeah, one thing that I do remember, and I I can't believe that I'm mentioning this thing this on a Formula E show, but um, Top Gear back in 2006 or something, they create uh, they created the I um, the I Hammerhead Eagle Thrust, um, yes, which um, which was an uh, which was an electric car, but they had a generator in it, which uh, which was diesel, um, which was diesel, and that always recharge the batteries and yeah. so they so and the thing is that would use so little fuel so it, it'll be a diesel electric so so that may, maybe that's an idea for formula one uh, then, imagine if top gear inspire formula one in about 20 years time on, that would be that would be something to behold jeremy clarkson on his deathbed would be like we did it lads <laughs> we did it <laughs> we were ingenious we weren't ambitious and rubbish for um for a period of time but that's actually quite good and you know even that way that obviously i think james may came up with it but that might be something that is used in le mans 24 hours you know having something that's constantly because you know you don't want the le mans 24 hours to stop because we've run out of electricity like the car's dead so you want something that keeps recharging the battery so and you know rapid charging and stuff like that and, and rapid yeah and then just like add the fuel every yeah what so you you don't you really need a pit stop every um Couple of every hours. couple of hours maybe well, just for tires unless you wanted to yeah you know, unless they yeah, for tires and then may, maybe because the the amount of fuel flow they'd need to yeah. stop a little bit more but yeah no I, I, yeah no that's just something that popped into my head so i thought so, yeah so going back to going back to jean-eric Verne's formula one formula combination uh, so he said manufacturers and he also he wanted to combine the driver grid this is where i was getting a bit lost with his sort of idea so he wanted to sort of con- combine the driver grids obviously a mixture and what i mean by that is he wanted fe drivers to race in some races and then he wanted formula one drivers to race in other races and i'm like jeb that won't work if they were to combine you just have one set of cars one set of championship one set of drivers there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a need for you know two sets of drivers but he said you'd obviously have a mixture which makes sense you'd have a mixture of normal circuits and a mixture of uh, street circuit so he's sort of combining the best of both worlds um from formula one and formula e i don't understand his sort of driver grid you know combining it that was his sort of main reasons he just you know it's his ambition it's his wish that he said um in the story at autosport for him to for formula one and formula e to merge but honestly in my honest opinion i think they just need to stay away from each other yeah 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 definitely for now um yeah, that whole combine the driver and that that makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, as 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 you said, there would be one grid, and that would be it. There'd be one grid, and they would travel around the world and do their races, and then it. But it, 
it would be a combination of the two. So it would be a maybe maybe have like a shootout all in like F2 cars or something. Have 44 F2 cars and the top 20 get to participate in this this in this F1 FE hybrid thing. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't see it happening. But one thing that I do see happening, and, and I'm just going to put it out that I won't elaborate on it more. But when we go when the whole world goes electric by 2035 or 2040 i can see formula e going like right okay we've done our jobs in city centers let's go to let's go to shanghai or the let's go to the shanghai circuit and let's go to let's go to uh, let's go to let's have a mix mix of circuits but yeah i think by 2040 formula e would would have gone we've done our job we can go to other circuits now yeah the thing is right just before we move on, like the calendar again, just just looking at it in terms of places that we'd go, like uh, for me, they they still need to be in the heart of motorsport cities, like Brazil. Uh, but they need to they need to get into some cities like Japan. They need to really, um, you know, take this properly global, but and keep going to some of the best cities in the world. But at the same time, I love that we went to places like Punta del Este, which I wouldn't have never have heard of before. Yeah. Before we need to go Formula back. E. We could do. But then, as I said, like places like Croatia, places that are also beautiful and scenic. And like, I think Formula E, Formula e need to be like um, a, a place which would be really good for Formula E to sort of market themselves. But then how many races can you have unless you make everything a double header? Which could be something that could happen in the future. You could have every race as a double header because, you know, it's only Saturday. It's only one weekend that we're there, Saturday and Sunday. Um and I suppose as Formula E become more popular and more money brings in, and especially if you're thinking tourism base, because that's what I'm thinking here. As a tourism base, like Formula E, Form, that's what Formula One's amazing for. And that's what any, the Olympics, you know, any sort of major event, any Formula One event, the tourism that it generates is huge. So going to these sort of places that generate these 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 high tourism value races and you know cities then won't mind double headers because that means more people eating at restaurants more people flying buying tickets to the the airport more people in hotels for a longer period of night so it helps the economy in a sense of those countries like croatia for example um which i think would be amazing because obviously people say croatia is such a beautiful country and you know if formula we were to go and show that maybe that might you know the formula e race might stem its you know tourism that's what people that's why people buy the olympics uh, because you also show off your 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 city and you know hopefully that more people would come um to the city because of said olympics or because of said whatever but anyway moving on because the last thing that we want to talk about is the gen 2 evo car because we've talked about this before but jamie regal has come out in an interview with the race saying that you know it might not happen gen 2 evo we made such a big hype about it but because of covid19 and because they they don't really want to delay gen 3 jack so because of that, we'd only be having one year of Gen 2 Evo, and the costs of having Gen 2 Evo, which I'll get into in a sec, um, it will just be too much for for one year's experience. I th- I uh, I think it's completely wrong. I think uh, I think that we should gel- delay Gen 3 by a year, even yeah, even though it's not like the ideal thing that they want to do. I want to see the Gen 2 Evo like in real life go around these city circuits because they look beautiful so i just I, either that or make the gen 3 even more beautiful than that because i just i just 
uh, I'd I'd love to see this car on the streets. Uh, I think uh, of, of of all these of all these capital cities. I think it'd be, I I I think it would be easier for the cars to race as well. I I think that the cars would look more like um more like actual races on these uh, on uh, on these street circuits. And so yeah, I desperately want to see it. It's a shame we are not seeing it at the end of this year. But at the end of next year, please, can we have it for at least two seasons? Because that's how long it was supposed to last. Delay Gen 3. Please delay Gen 3. So, what in terms of cost, because obviously this is why they're thinking of delaying it, right? Costs. Not because Formula, it's, it's like it's mega expensive, but if you're going to do it for one year, then what's the point? Um, because then every, you're going to have to spend for Gen 3, and you'd expect Gen 3 to be more expensive than the Gen 2 Evo car. So you might as well keep with the Gen 2 chassis. We've all got them. We'll just pay for that. And then carry on. So they're looking at thirty-eight thousand per car, and they say they'll probably need between eight and ten sets for it to do the year. So that's you know three hundred eighty thousand, let's say max, on the Gen Two Evo car for the year. Because let's say people crash and they want to you know rebuild it, they can build the chassis. You know, it happens. So they said teams will probably need eight to ten sets uh per team so you know we're looking about three hundred eighty thousand then to run gen 2 evo for one year obviously you could then say well then that's you know you run it for one year it's only three hundred eighty thousand. but if i suppose if you don't crash then you can keep some of them um and because the chassis won't be changing for season the following season so that means you've got less to to buy for the second season if that makes sense um so they're thinking that's a main reason why and i suppose formula e they must really love Gen 3 because, you know, talking to, you know, even Gianfranco Pizzuto when we interviewed him, like, if Gen 3 are delayed, would you just wait for Gen 3 to come? And, you know, he wasn't that interested. He said, we take over a team whenever. Um, and whatever era it's, it's total, in total generation that it's in. Um, but for Marie, you know, they've been on the fence and they have to make a decision about Gen 3. So we will know by June, by the end of June, I think, or middle of June, they have to make a decision whether or not they are going to delay Gen 3 or continue with Gen 3 at the start of uh, what would be Season 9. Um, so, no, Season 8, my apologies. Math yeah. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, 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 it's not like you're a teacher or anything, Jack. No. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I, uh, I strongly recommend everyone sending a strongly worded letter to Formula E Holdings in London uh, about how we need the Gen 2 Evo car because it's so freaking beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would love to see this car on the road. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I think... I think even if we don't get even if we don't get like a season, can we at least just like see it in, in like real life? Just do like one run or something. I just I just wanna see it. The thing is they made such a hype about it. They made such a hype. You know, all these Gen two concept delivery Yeah um you know, which was pointless because apart from Porsches, but even Porsches won't be the real one. They would they just did something fun with it. The rest just went, Well, I'm gonna use my livery and paste it onto the Gen 2 Evo and try and just make it look a bit nice. Which I would expect them to do, because obviously sponsors aren't signed for Season 7, so you want to keep your current sponsors happy by putting them on the Gen 2 Evo car, so keeping the same livery. So it was a great publicity stunt for Formula E, probably not well executed because it got very boring very quickly. Um, one thing I want to say, because 
going back to the Sebastian Vettel thing hilariously, which I think we should mention. Let's say he does retire. Let's say he does retire. Yeah. In Scuderia E, is Sebastian Vettel, do you think he'll have the connections to bring Ferrari in to partner with an Italian team? And and that's it. That's begins Scuderia's E's life. He's one of the first Scuderia E drivers in partnership with Ferrari. Do you know what? I think Seb Vettel will make a brilliant kind of like team principal kind of thing. So, um, and and uh, un, underneath Gianfranco, Sebastian Vettel, sorted. I think that would be super cool. But do I see it? Uh, we 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 will have to see. See, you you think you see even in your brain right now. You think you know yeah. what? That, it's because you've that, literally just thrown it on me, and I'm just thinking, oh, possibly. That's that's interesting because that you know I'm just as I said, it pretty much came to me just now. It's like I've, we forgot about Scuderia E here, and they're an Italian team. They want to. Their dream is to obviously bring an Italian manufacturer into Formula E, and now they've got Sebastian Vettel, who has a history, who may want you know may want some time out of racing, and may want to come back at some point or come back as a team principal role you never know and say you know what i'm interested but you know i've got a link to ferrari here do you want me to maybe me not it won't be ferrari ferrari but maybe ferrari can act like bmw did and like mercedes did with hwa in terms of that might give you some helping hand um but jack i think we've pretty much run the course i think the ginger group i think has been a very success yeah no I, quite well. yeah i think it does well each time I think maybe we should just kick everybody out and just carry on. Yes, I'm down um, for that. <laughs> um, thank you so much for watching. Remember, if you have been enjoying the content, please remember to hit that like button and that subscribe button. We have so appreciated the talk rate lately. And if you are really enjoying the content and you want to come and join us talking about Formula E, we have a Discord link. Okay, we have a Discord link. It'll be in the link below. Make sure you come check us out. You know, we've got Remco's in there who was on the show yesterday. We've got some amazing people in there, you know, talking formulary. It's been so amazing to to talk to you about it and to talk to formulary about you. So um, please come and join. It's a great laugh. You can even listen to your own music somehow via bots. It's amazing what bots can do. But thank you so much for watching. We will see you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>